Welcome to 2024. It's a presidential election year. So, good Lord, we're all doomed. Let's just get back to Rad Radio. All right. Well, it's CAD Radio. Castle in the captain's chair. We got this email right here to rad at radradio.com from No Name. Hey, No Name. It says, has anybody else realized Kyle and Brandon kill it in normal operations? But when Kyle and Brandon have to do a master of movies or pressure cooker, they sound like Floyd Mayweather trying to read. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, uh, that's not nice. I know it's not nice. I know it was kind of a cluster bad word right there for a second with I mean, the master of movies. I was dropped on my head multiple times. <laughs> But that that doesn't make me a bad person. No. Uh, you no. know what I think it is maybe is like because we do so I mean everything that we all do is like ad lib. Support. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's ad lib, it's off the cuff. There's nothing scripted. Right. And I think that once you put a script in front of y'all, it's like it's uncomfortable. Not like not that you're nervous or uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable because you're used to just yakking. Yeah, we're without like, a script in front of you. We're like the game show hosts. Or I'm sorry, we're not the game show host. We're the contestants, yes. and so the game show host has to keep everything in line, has to has yeah. to deliver all the important information. Yep. But when yeah, it's it's just it's hard because yeah, you got to keep all that stuff together. I know. We we try we try our best around here. Well, and... I mean, it's you know, especially Kyle, you're like very very new at it, so it'll get. Brandon's gotten. I think you are like night and day from when you first started doing the contest to now for sure, and that you'll get there too, Kyle. Yeah. Just, just yeah. take a deep breath. I got. I'm gonna get this uh, this timing thing figured out. So you don't have to worry about it. Just keep going. I'll let you know. All right, cool. So uh, we need to have somebody else that needs our help really quick. Oh. So I think we should do a Dr. Rob real quick. And now, baby, here's Dr. Rob, the doctor of love. Dr. Rob. Here's how Dr. Rob's segment works. You got a question, a, a question, a comment, problem of your own. Our phone number is 888-989-9811. Or you can always write to the doctor anytime you'd like at rad at radradio.com. Remember, none of us here are really doctors, so you can suck it. That's right. There's no Rob here, so you get Dr. Kyle. (laughs) And Nurse Dawn and medical assistant Brandon. I'll take it. So this is from... I don't know what other types of duties there are. What, what your name is? He's uh, the, the nurse practitioner, because they're like just below the doctor. Yeah. Oh, and I, you're the doctor, right? I take care of the soiled bedpans. <laughs> I take care of the, the the trash. I mean, it's an important job. We yes. need these people in the hospitals. So I'm I'm proud to be a medical assistant. Yeah, you'll always see your nurse way more than your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Fair so, amen to nurses. Well, let's see what this is from Forrest. Let's see if he needs Forrest. to see the nurse. Is it Forrest Gump? He says, my wife just lost lost her year-old puppy two days ago. Oh. We had to have him put down after some terminal prognosis. Oh. She's been dealing with the loss, and everyone is being supportive, but she's already looking for new puppies. Is it too soon? I'm certain she's just looking to fill the hole in with our other dogs not being alive. I'm concerned that the stress of the puppy after a few days could be a mistake, and she isn't ready for this. Stress so soon after the passing and advice from the rad show. Any Anything we can do to help her out? You guys think she should get a dog quick I mean, or did she hold on a little bit? I, You know why this one is tough for me is because I don't know her. It's so individually based. Really? Right? Yeah. I, I mean, There are some people, I've seen people that get a dog right after their dog passes and they're fine. Like it, it, they're still mourning the loss of their dog. But they're also fine with getting a new dog. 
And, and then there are other people that are like, no, they're going to wait. There's no way that they want to bring that on or take that on. And like you, you do know your wife better than anyone else. And I, I would, I mean, of course you can always call and email us, but it's like, because you know her, have you sat her down and had this conversation about like, Hey, you know, have, let, let's really think this through. And here's kind of what I see. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know, this is how I see it of where, what might happen and then give her the opportunity to, you know, plead her case, I guess. But, um, especially cause it's a year long puppy and she didn't have it for yeah. 12 years. Right. Sometimes no, it's only had it a year. Yeah. So sometimes it takes much longer for someone to introduce a dog back into the house. Yep. So I think that it it really does depend on the person. I agree. And if she's looking with the intention of like what's going to be coming next, because the dog hasn't passed yet, is that no? It did. No, it, it did. did. It okay. only lasted a year. Okay. So honestly, I don't think it's too soon. And yeah, there is a grieving process. And I'm not going to say that it's just a dog, but it was a dog. And oh, I got to be careful with this because I know that I could get pretty attached to an animal and I fostered a lot of animals in my in my past and there was one in particular that that just wasn't going to make it unless we had we basically had to be on it like 24 7 uh feeding it by a bottle because it was still like an, almost an infant kitten yeah and it was doing fine it was doing fine it was just it was it was a struggle to keep it going and after about mm, three months uh we came home and it had suffered a heart attack and so i i don't want to equate like a foster cat or dog to be any less than like a, a pet of your own um yeah, I'm with Dawn. It really does depend on the person, but it's it's not something like she won't be missing out on the grieving process. Maybe this is part of her grieving process because we all grieve differently. Maybe she's not going to actually get an animal. Maybe she is just looking ahead for the next one because, yeah, she does want to fill that void because if you're if you wanted a companion and you lost it too soon, then why not go look for another one? So I don't see any negatives to it other than, you know, maybe just be there for her if she does need somebody to lean on when she does fall back into that spiral of grief. Yeah, well said. Well, I mean, I guess the other thing too that's standing out is how he mentions he's afraid that once they get the new puppy, that the stress of the new puppy and her grieving will be too much. Oh. Right, and so like, are you giving us an insight to where she is someone that can't take on too much? There are some people that can have a whole lot of stressful things going on in their life and they handle it well. And there's and this is no judgment. It's it's not like you're a better person. We're all built differently. And there are some people that can only have one or two things, or maybe just one stressful thing. They don't handle stress well. So I I mean, is is that where you're coming from on this? It's making you nervous just in general. She doesn't handle stress well. And that's where you would and maybe you don't want to deal with that. Is that what's also happening? I mean, I guess there's a lot of different angles here where you don't want to be the one to have to pick up and, and deal with that when it happens. But I also do like where you started to go with that, Brandon, with the fostering of the animals. Yeah. Because a lot of times people, people sometimes, won't they foster for months and months and months sometimes in certain mm -hmm. situations? And it, they get attached to those dogs. Oh, and then those I, dogs got to go. Yeah. And then they bring another one in. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's kind of almost that same situation where people are capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, there's no way I could foster an animal. I would get too attached and uh, want to keep it real quick. Every yep. single one. Yep. Guilty right here. <laughs> oh, really? Fa uh, foster uh. failure is what you're called. <laughs> yeah. It's a great thing because you know that, you're, that the animal's uh. going to a great place, but yeah. man, it, it 
right at the oh. heartstrings. Yeah. Like, oh. That's why I, I skip away from the Sarah McLaughlin commercials because oh, I'd be the one yeah. to be like, I'll take that one, that one, that one, that one. <sighs> yeah, it's it's well, just there's some, there's a soft spot in my heart for animals, and it would just be hard to let them go. And I know we're talking animals, and people do get upset when we do this. We start bringing in kids, but even when you're fostering children, a lot of times people will go into it with the mindset of this is going to be their kid. And that's not always the case because oh, the, yeah. the objective anyway, at least in California, is to bring the families back together. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of just at your house until in hopes the parents get it together and can get their kid back. And sometimes you might have that kid for years and then it's not going to end up being yours. So ugh, that's it. No. Yeah. So with that being said, maybe he should go out there and just find the dog that they they do want as a couple. I don't know. So when when a, when an animal passes with something like that, so unexpected because it was only a year. So I I imagine like they they expected to get so much more life out of that dog. I, and, oh, absolutely, yeah. And and that the, they're missing out on that. In, in in my own personal experience, I mean, the dog lived for a year. You're attached to it. I don't. It didn't say exactly how long they, it's been since the dog passed. Yeah, yes, Brandon. Well, I think the, I th- really think you're onto something because, yeah, if you have the ability and you have the means to go and get another dog because you wanted to fill that part in your heart hole, um, then then so be it. Um, but you know, like when people, God forbid, they lose a, a child too early, you know, um, in, in childbirth or any other way, way too early. I, I could see why some people in certain situations might jump back on the horse and try to have another kid because they feel like they, they want to not necessarily replace, but fill that void. And it's not like a negative thing. And I think that in, in all these cases that we're talking about, especially with, uh, especially with as parents, if you want to uh, birth another child after a traumatic event, something like that. You want to make sure that you have dealt with some of the things in your mind that that might be in, inhibiting your ability to be fully present for the next child to come around. Because if you don't heal yourself from from those certain traumas, uh, it could it could it could set you back a little bit. But I think a lot of people have the ability to work through it and uh, and thrive from it. But it's really individual based. So you know what? It's reminding me that one of my aunts. Um, just lost her dog, um, and he was old. So I mean, she got to have him for a, a, a long time. So different situation. However, she's gone. It's been a few months, and she's gone back and forth. Like, is she ready for another dog, or is she not? And you kind of do that thing where you're like, you know, your dog that passed, they'll let you know, or whatever. And 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 what she has landed on is, I think you kind of really hit it on the nose in your examples, Brandon. And then to this of the fostering. This is what she's she's like, you know what, I'm going to be a foster dog parent right now. And that'll and that's kind of given her the idea if she is indeed ready mm-hmm. for another dog. But at the same time, she's also doing good in helping out these animals of having an yeah. interim home. So that might be an idea that they might look into. That, that is a great idea, cause especially, you know, if they're on the fence about it and they're not sure. I like you guys are all saying, I'm just kind of echoing the same thing is that if she's going to foster an animal, another dog, take care of it. Maybe she'll get attached. And then if not, she how does that work? Do you just well, give the, the, the dog back? So the fostering thing was just kind of an, another example of my, my own personal experience when we uh, lost that cat way too soon because we were trying our best to keep it alive. Um, I think fa- fostering animals takes, takes a different... It, a different animal like as a human <laughs> it takes a different type of person to do that it doesn't make me any better than anybody else but you have to be able to compartmentalize your emotions and your desire to to 
claim that animal as your own because you are given the uh, opportunity to help get that animal to a place where it can eventually be adopted. Um, so same kind of uh, <clears throat> same kind of theme here, though, because you do invest your emotions so deeply into that, just like the letter writer's uh, letter writer's wife. Yeah. Uh, the that you you want to you know fill that void next. So like if you're if you're a foster and you lose one, you you want to jump back back in and get another one because you feel like that's your need or your desire to to be that in that place. The other thing that's jumping out at me though with that email is that they're not on the same page, and you know she's wanting to get a dog right away right now, and it doesn't. And he's not sure about it because of how he's fearful of how she may respond and i just think that you need to be on the same page when bringing an animal into your house so that's i think the first and foremost conversation you guys have to get to a point where you both if one person's no then it's no right now until you both get on the same page yeah because you both are gonna you know you both are gonna end up caring for this animal yeah so what if what if he just comes home with a puppy Mm. and it has a little bow on it and then they just kind of tackle it together. But this he is, doesn't want to. Yeah. You don't think so? Well, <laughs> he, the, he's saying he's he's thinking it's too soon for her. Yeah. And they need to get on the same page, and, I think. And I don't know. I think that his concern is really, is it too soon for her? Like, yeah. maybe, maybe he's just unsure on how she should proceed. He's actually looking out for her feelings and her investment into another animal. Yeah. Um, we actually just got a follow-up from Forrest. you mind if I read it, Kyle? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so Forrest wrote in, and uh, he says, thank you for the insights they helped i asked the show because my wife was listening and the additional input helped her make a decision and she appreciates it oh it'll be good for her to not feel like the house is missing someone a new puppy is exactly what she needs and she's already got a new wild boar coat dachshund (laughs) lined up oh wow i just needed some additional input to get her to commit all right well maybe this might help we have uh, another letter from uh, donovan at rad at radradio.com that says, well, if the dog doesn't work out, you can have her get a bird because they never die. That's oh, true. They, they go on for like eight. I want to get a parrot so bad. Oh, you can teach you so many cool things. Oh, my gosh. Like, I know, like, the thing that the, the terrible burden of getting a bird, burden, get it, uh, is that they do live too old. So if I were to perish 20 years before the dog does or the parrot does, then you have to find somebody that will have the chemistry to take on that yeah, bird because yeah. they are so picky about oh, their people. Yeah. So it, it's they could turn into complete <gasps> nightmares if they if you pass away and they continue oh, to live. I, gosh, I'm so sorry making you guys Google so much today. Okay, I'm trying to remember this gal's name. She was she was a madam. Like for Hollywood, and they a even madam. did like a Is yeah, like a, like a like real a maid. She, she was a real life madam, and this was she was like, and this was a famous story, and this is true life. This is a lady pimp. She was a late yeah. Oh, yeah, that she kind was of madam. A lady okay, pimp. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She was a lady <laughs> pimp. Oh, I cannot think of her name, and she was on a reality show because she had to do rehab and all this, whatever. But she ended up. They were worried about her because she ended up secluding herself. I think in the middle of the desert, in Nevada. And when they went to her house, like I mean, there are so many birds. She's like a bird person, and it, she is surrounded by these birds. So to hear you, Brandon, say like if someone passes, like that's a lot of birds yeah. to have to. You're just reminding me about her. What was her name? Heidi Fleiss? Yes. And they they were like, this isn't good for your addiction. You have to be around people. She's like, I hate people. I'd rather just be around birds. She she was on that show, uh, Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Yes, and Dr. Drew. Oh, oh, so she did. So she have a problem or she helped people out with her birds? 
No, she, no, she just had birds. She's just a bird person. Yeah, <clears throat> wanted to seclude herself from mm-hmm. people and just be with birds and drugs. Uh, yeah, and, and drugs. Yes, <laughs> she's a junkie who likes birds. Well, All right. Yeah, I mean, she is also she's also a human being, and yes. uh, you know, oh my God, we yes. hope that she has healed from her disease. Yeah. But yeah, she that show though, Celebrity Rehab oh. in its heyday was oh. so good. So good. I think the best thing that came out of that show was Steven Adler. Because he was the one that, like, he actually took the rehab seriously. He, he was did. the original drummer from Guns N' Roses. Yes. And he's still touring today. Like, he's still oh. performing as a drummer. Oh, I man. love those success so stories. Kyle, are you oh, too man. young for Celebrity Rehab? Yeah, well, I remember when it came out. I never watched it, though, because it was, I was I was still in my early teens. Yeah. And it too just, heavy for yeah, you. Yeah, it was too, maybe. maybe. Oh, no. it was very heavy. Yeah. Was, was it? Was uh, the, the the little guy from a tray oh uh, um, he was a uh, mini me from oh, Austin Powers oh my god oh he has With, so many addictions uh, and did he die I, I think he died I did too. see a little yeah. bit of that because I remember he had one of those little scooters I remember yeah. seeing him so messed up that he was asleep in the scooter yes. and head over the handlebars yeah. and everything he was going number one on the oh, floor yeah. oh, is that what was going yeah. on too yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, sometimes it was uncomfortable to watch because it's like, as you said, Brandon, these are humans, you know, but of course for TV, oh, well, this is entertaining. It was juicy. Yeah. But when it got down to it, like when they first introduced all these celebs, by the way, Vern Troyer is the the guy who played Minnie and he was, he did pass away from alcoholism, unfortunately, but it was, it was one of those shows, like it was, it was almost so juicy, like any type of celebrity uh, reality show where, oh, we're getting to know these people and oh man, they're so messed up. Look at all this drama. It's great. And then once Dr. Drew got their, their hands on them and all the treatment people, it was like, oh, this is a little bit more yeah. real than we realize. Yeah. And so when when those that, that actually took to the program, it was really, it was a great thing to see um, some of those thrive. But others were like using that celebrity rehab show as like a springboard to advance their careers and just yep. continue on their habits. That's a smart idea to do so. Well, And wouldn't they do also then, they went from that to Sober House. Yes. And they also did Sober House. Yeah. So they would it's- take folks that had left the the rehab mm-hmm. and then the reality show to sober house which is like more of an oh, outpatient okay. type of thing yeah and, and I think Stephen Adler went to that as well and he crushed it and you find yourself rooting for them right it's like yeah. it turned into like okay this was drama and good TV but now it's like oh my god make it please yeah, it good stuff. please make oh, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that was kind of a nice side road from our Dr Rob letter <laughs> but it sounds like they wrote back everything seems to be good they're good. going to be getting a new puppy Yay! yeah a little, yeah. little dog little show Maybe we helped him out? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Why well, don't they always stay a puppy? They're like the smallest dogs. Wiener dogs? Aren't yeah. They? yeah. 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 It, it just until they get older. It's like, oh, you're not old. You're not a little puppy anymore. Oh. No. Oh. Dr. Rob is not a real doctor. He only plays a doctor on the radio. Most of the time, he's full of crap. You can write to the doctor anytime at rad at radradio.com. So it's a, we got another letter from James real hey, quick. Hey, James. Says, hey, Brandon and Kyle. Hey. Just wanted to send you a quick note telling you bros up, how bro? awesome you are doing, man. Bro. Thanks, potato chips. Yeah. And it says Dawn's just doing her typical top tier radio as well. Oh, that's Thanks, nice. James. Have yourself a protein shake. <laughs> yep. And we got this other letter right here from Teddy. Hi, Teddy. Says, I love how each and every one of you. Oh, it says, I love each and every one of oh, you. Oh, thank you. Love you, too. I couldn't imagine being able to run a show. Brandon, you are great 
at it. And Kyle, I think you're going to be doing a great job. Brandon, you're great at it? <laughs> and you're funny to listen to while learning. Never a dull moment, Teddy. Nope. You know, this whole reading on air, you think it's a lot easier than it than it really is. Mm-hmm. Like, I sit there and I do Rad TV and I sit there and I judge Brandon most of the time. I'm like, oh, look, you messed up there. You messed up there. I knew you were judging me. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I do. I judge. And then I come up here and I have to be humbled. I have to eat yeah. so much humble pie because yeah. I am making so many more mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of feel like an ass about it. Isn't it, is, it delicious? It, it is a human thing, right? <laughs> like, we all judge what we don't know. We, yeah. we all do it. And then we do it, we find, we're like, oh, okay, now I see. Yeah, all right, it, not judging anymore. It's so easy <laughs> to sit back and judge and speculate. Uh, oh, it is. It's so easy. Yeah. It is and so anything e- in life, you know, like no, one of my sure. girlfriends, I remember she was, she, there was one particular thing she was so judgy about with people. And then she went through it and she's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now <laughs> eyes are open. You know, Sorry, folks. It's, yeah. like, it's like we are all going through our own individual paths and journeys yeah. and they're all different they are all different and i see know? there are so many obstacles here and i give you so much respect brandon like like i said i feel like an ass and a little bit of a jerk for all the judginess you should good i should and i do <laughs> even though you just found out about it five hail marys and three rosemaries is that how it goes yeah i don't know i'm not catholic how does that work don rosemary <laughs> only mary i like is mary jane Oh, Lord. Uh. And to that point, we got this sent to RAD at radradio.com from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. It, this is sent from my iPhone as well. It says, man, the show is a doo-doo. Still better than anything else on the radio right now. I need this. Oh, good. good. Uh, thanks, Kevin. It. That's right. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on, Kyle. Oh, hold on. Hold on. What are we holding on to? So it looks like there might have been a typo on this. Oh, uh, yeah. We might have to take this break all the way up to about 8.55. That's totally fine with yeah, me. Yeah, because this, after this break, there will be three more. Okay. Which will take us through the 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, you guys are all getting a sneak peek behind oh, the yeah. scenes here today. T- totally sure. fun industry <laughs> stuff. I mean, this is riveting. Yep. I, let me tell you, one of my favorite things um, is when you can watch all, you know, you'll see a movie, but then they'll have behind the scenes, not just the bloopers, but like the behind the scenes happenings of everything that goes on to put it together. I That's one of my faves. So this is kind of like what people are getting. Yes, I yeah. hope you guys are loving your behind the scenes, rad cad, bad radio right now. Aren't those like the best type of documentaries though? For me, because I'm such a nerd about the inner workings of things I like, love it. like concerts or how people make, oh, I would love to be a fly on the wall when people are creating music and recording yes. it. Oh my God. Because that process is fascinating to me. So like, how do you just pull this stuff out of thin air? Like the way I think about it, the last uh, Beatle album, I love the Beatles. No. I know everybody else hates it here, but I don't care. But they have like a nine-hour documentary, which if you're a Beatle hater, you, you will skip right past. Oh, my yes. God. You want to get info out of me, try, <laughs> and you make watch me that? watch this. It's yeah. torture. And you can't yeah. understand them because they're all cockney and, you know, it's, they have to have the subtitles and everything. But once, like, it, it's all a jumbled mess, and there's drama, and everybody's fighting, and two of the Beatles quit, but then they rejoin oh, yeah. the band, and then, like, they finally get their crap together and they start finally just jamming and it just like it's it's like oh here's let it be it just came out of thin air you're welcome it's it's just one of the f- most fascinating processes to me one of my favorite things and i know this might sound ridiculous to some people okay first of all do you all remember there was a show dallas you know back in the 70s 80s and yeah, then like my, my great grandma watched okay. it i've never heard well, of it okay that oh you should you're a dallas cowboys fan yes but you, newly i jumped hello. teams from the redskins to the dallas cowboys uh, in 2019 because right. they changed their name and everything you have homework you have to google anyway jr <laughs> who shot jr but they they recreated it in modern day like somewhere in the mid 2000s and so um 
the the ranch South Fork Ranch where they filmed it is still out there in Plano, Texas. And on one of my trips to Texas, I'm like, yeah, I want to take a tour of this. And this is my favorite moment because I veered off where I shouldn't go. And my husband was on the lookout for me because they had the TV set there. Oh. But they weren't. They were at a moment where they're not filming. And I was able to go on set inside one of the houses. That's like, cool. You're not supposed to. And it was amazing. Because, really? Yeah, I'm standing there in this house and I'm like, I see this on TV. That like I know everything that all the props and of course everything's real, but it was just fascinating to like be on that set and you could see. So obviously when you're watching it, you're not seeing the behind the scenes, but I am just seeing all the equipment, you know, how it's all set up, the different cameras. I mean, it was so cool. I loved that. And each set has their like very own smell. Like if you like I went to uh I went to New York City last year and I went into the uh the, uh, the Rockefeller Center and 30 Rock where they have like all the NBC shows and everything and I I almost got into Saturday Night Live but I was uh I was asking the guard like hey is this the line for Saturday Night Live and he's like yeah it would be if it was Saturday <laughs> I was asking on Monday Oops. so it was like a it was yeah, a it was one funny. of the other shows but anyways <laughs> you, when you go in those buildings it's like you're smelling history like you go into yeah. like I bet when you went on that set you were like oh, oh Jr was what was here yes! and I can, I can be in this place where they were and it, the, I'm smelling what they smelled at that time. Exactly. It's kind of exactly. stupid. See, I've never been that. on a set like that. Oh, now was that while you were staying out there? You took a, you, took, you flew out a plane like almost every weekend to go. Yeah, out my to husband Texas? and I, yeah, had a commuter marriage at the time and he was fixing all the zoos in Texas. And so we would, oh, we'd go gallivanting all over Texas. And, um, uh, he was mainly in the Austin area fixing those zoos, but you know, Dallas was only like three hours from there. Not a big deal. Okay. So we would ride out there and do all kinds of different things. Ride and... out. Did you fly out there or did you drive? No, I would fly to Austin. Okay. And then my husband and I would drive all over Texas doing different things. And one of the things I wanted to do, I'm like, babe, I mean, obviously not on the top of his list at all, but because he's a good husband and he loves me and he knows how much I loved that show, he's like, all right, we'll go take a tour of South Fork. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of flying out to places like Texas, we have a Scares in the Airs update. Oh. Attendants getting punched, doo doo smeared on walls and airplanes, people not getting their peanuts. Oh, my peanuts! <laughs> <Come> I know. <laughs> it's just a wiggle stop, but we're still going for some reason. It's oh, there, there we go. I got I got trigger happy and hit the button a few seconds oh. early. Yeah, I wasn't the, sure how to time that out. The engine kind of still sputters once you crash. It's it's it's, it's legit. Yeah, yeah, a little more fun things behind the scene. There's three buttons for scares in the air. So you hit the first one, then you got to hit the second one and the third one. <laughs> Jesus it out Lord, can't you combine those? Yeah, you could. <laughs> could. But they went flow as well. Yeah, you gotta, ah. you gotta have that control. Be like, yeah, okay, sure there's now, yeah. now, and now. <laughs> yep. So maybe some, some of you guys heard this. The story I believe came out yesterday. It's a, a la from Alaska Airlines. There's a passenger who's accused of stabbing a fellow passenger on the flight to Las Vegas. It was Holy from cow. Seattle to Las Vegas. I yeah. did not hear about this. Well, well, it is a flight to Vegas, so you're pre-gaming. Things are bound to get rowdy. But, not like that. <laughs> but aren't, aren't, isn't there TSA for a reason to maybe get sharp objects off the person so they can't know. do such a thing? Well, that, that's the crazy thing about the story. It says the man was arrested and now faces an assault charge according to 
too. We don't care about them. That wasn't highlighted. Don't worry about that. His name is Julio <laughs> Lopez, and he was taken into custody following an Alaskan Airlines flight that headed from Seattle to Las Vegas. And the weapon he used, it wasn't even a dangerous weapon. What the dude did was he bundled up some regular pens and he put it in like a hair pretty, you know, like a hair tie. Hair tie oh. And yeah. he made a prison style shank with oh the pens. So he might have had some experience fashioning yeah. such a, 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 a utensil to do some stabbing. Good doesn't Lord. say they had any experience on it, but he says that um, <laughs> the assault with a dangerous weapon after investigators found a bundle of pens. Oh, and a rubber band, according to a, a court documents. In the picture, it doesn't oh, look not like a rubber, rubber band. band. It looked like a hair beret. You mm-hmm. can't have a rubber band on a flight. Yeah. <laughs> so, the FBI accused Lopez of trying to stab another passenger in the eye after Jesus. he began punching him and hitting the victim, who was sitting across the aisle from him as well was a, when he was getting up to go to the trip to the restroom. Oh. And then he, the guy also was so violent when he was trying to stab this guy he also, the guy sitting there getting stabbed had his oh. wife and kids there, and oh. the wife tried to protect the kid oh. and was getting beat up on as well. Oh, this oh. is awful. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about them like calling dibs on the toilet, but that now yeah, it's just dark. No, this no. is really so, awful. Both the victim's wife and another passenger yelled at Lopez to stop. That same passenger also reported seeing blood everywhere and Ew. noted that a pen and tape bundle dropped during the incident. So no one can get this wait, right. Wait, 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 what, what, why did this guy do this? What, what made him upset? Set that the other man was getting up to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, so this was where it gets be- good. So, Mr. Lopez or bad. Yeah. Like either that. way, he got on the plane and thought that the person that he went to go stab was a member of the mafia. So, in his own cuckoo head, oh, he wow. thought this guy was part of the mafia. But it's even worse is after he got arrested and after the plane landed. This happened a half hour before the plane was about to land. Um, he told them that he thought he was part of the cartel. Oh, so wow. he's just making things up. He's, he's never mental. met the guy before. He's yeah. mental. I think so. Oh. So he's, I would say, you know, I know how they scan us, you know, to make sure we don't get certain things on a plane. I was going to say, is there a short little mental test they could do? But then I'd probably never be allowed to yeah. fly. So never mind. You know, it <laughs> says, according to the FBI, the suspect told federal air marshals that he felt the mafia had been chasing him for the last few months. Wow. He also admitted to never seeing the victim before, but planned on attacking and killing him, telling the FBI that he believed the man was part of the cartel. Jesus. So he can't get his story straight between the mafia and the cartel. That's because it was the cartel. Cartel, and the cartel's covering it up because this is straight out of an episode of Ozark. I'm telling oh, you. Like, isn't Ozark so good? It is so oh, yeah. damn good. Oh, and I love it. So I am super late to the party. I just binged like the first season and I'm, I'm now in the beginning of season two. Oh God, it gets better and better. I, I can believe that because there is rarely a show that makes me stumped. Like I can call out who's done it, where it's going to happen, yeah. why things oh. led to this place. Oh. And Breaking Bad was one of those shows that broke that mold for me because everything just became predictable. And I, I just hate being Nostradamus and being able to predict all these things. I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone else. It's just you can see through things and you can follow storylines. And if you know, because th- a lot of this stuff is copy and paste, but Breaking Bad paved the way for a show like Ozark to go even more mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole of gangsters and lies and murder and cover-ups and all this stuff. And so Ozark being the show uh, with Jason Bateman, he's a, a money launderer and that he's sent out by the Mexican, uh, the second best Mexican drug cartel um, <laughs> to go launder millions of dollars in this podunk town in Ozark. And uh, it, it's just, it's the most juiciest, grittiest, m- murderous show. And there's 
instances like this that like, happen on a plane in that show where it's like, oh, yeah, we had no idea because they're covering it up. But they yeah. had to get rid of this guy because he was some sort of player in, in the scheme of things and he was messing up or he was an informant. I bet he was an informant for the FBI. <laughs> I, I, this is kind of like disrespectful because the guy had kids and wife right sure. next to him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I but I'm just. Point painting parallels because that shows just. It just reminded you of the yeah. show. Yeah, I knew. I knew once you'd watch it and give it a chance, you would fall in love with it. And like the, the minute I found out that you liked it, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, because there's a scene that I, to this day I'm like, whoa, blown away by it. And it, it happens in a later season, and I'm like, oh, I gotta shut my mouth until he gets there. And <laughs> oh, I just I can't because when you're talking about how yeah. things are unexpected. <laughs> There are so many unexpected things to come, and there's one that will definitely surprise you. I mean, go oh, that that show is so good. To peel the curtain back a little bit, Kyle and I were talking about this yeah. news story, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like Ozark." So we kind of like <laughs> pre-planned this bit a little bit, but it yeah. was it's still relevant because uh, that's that's like exactly how we we experience. And and Kyle started saying, "Oh, yeah," and when the whole family dies, I'm like, uh, "Wait, no, <laughs> I, was, I don't know what." I didn't say anything about anybody dying. Uh, yeah, you started to, and uh, you started pointing to the exact family, and I knew exactly who you were talking about. The other reason I like it so much is because, you know, this is, like, true to life, right? Like, yeah. it, this and stuff is happening somewhere. How, you said you're in season two, Brandon? I'm at the beginning of season oh, two. Oh, so yeah, so it gets real good. Yeah. He has no idea. He's, oh, my God. I'm so excited for him, though. Yep. And I'm also envious because you're always looking for something really good to binge watch yep. when you what, run out of things on your list. And, I can't yeah. wait for the next thing because it, it's rare that a show like a Breaking Bad or an Ozark or a uh, Better Call Saul like, makes me tingle in, in the happy places to, to go and watch. <laughs> and, and I'm still not sure... I like the finale, the the ending of the show. So I'm going to be curious to see how you feel about it. I've actually, I think I might watch that last, the finale again, yep. because it, I don't know, be, yep. because of the show and then the way it ends. You're, ah, yeah, we got this email right here to uh, RAD at radradio.com from a, God damn, it's a Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I don't even know why I'm reading your email. Kyle Jesus doesn't like Tyler. I don't. No, but he's writing in. It's topical. All right. He says, wait, 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 wait. Is Brando actually on the Ozark train? Choo-choo. I distinctly yes. remember him bad-mouthing it years ago and not being able to be willing to give it a chance. Exactly. What happened, Brando? I opened yeah. my mind, and uh, I ran out of shows to watch. And I had time to kill while watching a puppy grow in front of Aww. me. And it just happened to be a perfectly rainy weekend. And, uh, you know, to all credit where credit's due uh, my fiance Nicole got me to watch it because she said Yay! oh it's so good and I kept saying no it's Breaking Bad light it's oh, just the, it's no. just another Breaking Bad and so we ended up watching a couple episodes and I was like okay yeah and what really drew me in and this is the stupidest thing is the opening sequence to that show like there's usually like a cold open with like one scene but then there's no. like black screen and then there's like a O for Ozark and then there's like a, a X in the middle that makes like a, a scope and then there's little symbols in it and it gives you teasers of what's going to happen yes that's what i love about those symbols that's so cool sense to the whole episode you're gonna watch because then you get to try to put it together and it's not what you think (laughs) Uh, at all whatsoever okay so you're making me want to watch it all over again Uh, tingles got it (laughs) spider wrote in says so glad you're enjoying the ozark brandon it's really great one of my all-time favorite tv shows ever for sure jason does such a good job well they all do ruth julia gardner is incredible and it's well done 
I'm, I'm glad you're watching it, man. Like, it was yeah. actually one of my favorite TV shows, too. I've been watching it during COVID because there's nothing else to do. So it was Tiger King and then Ozark. Yeah, and J- J- sorry, Don, uh, but Jason Bateman is is known as like a comedic actor. You know, like yeah. horrible, horrible bosses, Identity Thief, all those all those comedic roles. And so he good. so he had his hand so deep into the production of the show that he wanted to make it known that you know when people tune into the show, it's not a comedy. So you know they were really strict about how they made the the story flow. But there are little bits. It's like little uh, pressure releases because things can get really dark and really intense. And oh, like yeah. there's one scene with a baby, uh, a preacher takes to the water oh. and it's like you, you're thinking like he's going to do the worst. He, he I'm not going to spoil it for anybody if you haven't seen the Ozark, but there, it's like a baby and water. And it's like this guy is like not knowing what to do with his baby. Um, and Bateman actually directed this this episode. Um, but he he makes sure to like put little pressure releases of comedy like throughout it where it's like, okay. Cause clearly with like, what's her name? The uh, curly haired girl. Um, oh, yeah. I love yeah. her. Oh she, my gosh. Ruth. Ruth so thank you. Ruth. She is the one who's like really got that, that, that comedy angle. Um, but it's good that they have that because man, it could go to a dark place like that baby. Episode. She even like that whole, her life and all her stuff yeah, to come it's crazy. It, it could get dark. But that was like Jason Bateman. It was, I don't even know if he's won awards for this or not, but I mean, he sells it. There's, there's no, he, he, I, going into it, that was a little bit of my concern because I'm used to him in much different roles and he sells it so well. Yep, he's Be, heard, yeah. He does. Dark. He does an amazing job. Yeah. And to close this out, Anthony says, Ozark started out so good, but the last season was a pile of, oh, yeah, see, you'll have to find out, Brandon. Yeah, that's that's the, in the ear of the beholder. Yeah, Isn't that what you is. said, Don, recently? No, it's in the, the, <laughs> the eye of, of the ear of the person. <laughs> that's right. The, it's in the eye of the beholder. I, I, I know, I realize that shows that close, uh, like a hard close like that, that, there's no continuation. People get upset because like, oh, I want more. Shows need to end sometimes. Yeah. And you got to close out the story. Sorry, yeah. Kyle, I know we're running. Yep. I was going to say, speaking of coming to a close, this segment's going to come to a close. <laughs> and we have a game to play, which is Treble Treble. So let's play Treble Treble right now. You're going to win a one-month membership to Rad TV at members that Rod... At, at members.radradio.com and you'll be qualified to win one of 10 pairs of top tier tickets to see Sticks Hard Rock Live in Sacramento including one winner snagging upfront tickets to the show on February 27th. We'll play you a 3 second song clip and you give us the title of that song and you win. Call our 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20. And if nobody knows the song title, Droplets everywhere and no winner. We need a winner. Phone number is 888-989-9811 for Treble Treble. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. Anybody. And Dawn Show.